crossroads of empires, battleground of the ages, city of peace and of war. This is Jerusalem, where archaeology uncovers the empires of yesterday, where prophecy decodes the headlines of today. This is where history and prophecy come alive. This is Watch Jerusalem. Hello and welcome back to Watch Jerusalem. I'm coming to you today from Jerusalem, specifically on Mount Scopus. Looking back towards the south, you can see the Temple Mount in the background. And in between me and the old city is the Kidron Valley, which is otherwise known as the Valley of Jehoshaphat. For today's program, I want to discuss the increase in violence between Arabs and Jews over the past week and provide context for what has happened and also tell you what these clashes foretell. Now, most of the violent acts that you've probably seen on your, on your TV screens or on the internet took place between me uh, and where the old city is over there. Some of them happened in the, uh, around the Damascus Gate, which is the northern entrance to the old city. Some in the neighborhood of Sheikh Jarrah, which is basically the border between east and west Jerusalem, uh, just to your right. Now, as most people are aware, there's no barrier wall separating East Jerusalem from West Jerusalem. There's a seamless transition between East and West. East Jerusalem used to be occupied by Jordan, and Israel was only in Western Jerusalem. And then in 1967, after the Six-Day War, the fence that separated the two powers was taken down, and there is nothing remaining that separates East and West Jerusalem today. Arabs are free to cross the road, affectionately called the seam, into West Jerusalem. Jews are free to travel into East Jerusalem as well. Some Arabs live in West Jerusalem and some Jews also live in East Jerusalem. Now I've lived in Jerusalem on and off for about 15 years and full time for the past five years. And the events of the last few days are worrying and a reminder of what happens here in Jerusalem never really stays here. Now, this is especially true in the days of rapid social media where everyone has a camera and everyone has a platform to spread their narrative. First, I want to talk about the context of this latest string of attacks on mostly Arab on Jew violence. Now, I will say that most of the time living in Jerusalem, it's relatively safe for all, Arabs and Jews. In fact, over the time that I've lived here, I've actually noticed a substantial increase in Arabs and Jews mixing together especially Arabs that walk freely with their families in West Jerusalem to the mall, down the, into the parks and such. And typically there's no problem with this at all. Arabs ride on the public transport system, Jews ride on the public transit system as well. But what happened a couple of weeks ago on the Jerusalem light rail is part of the main context that set off the violence. Randomly an Arab walked up to an Orthodox man sitting on a seat and slapped him across the face for no reason at all. After which that was spread on social media. And then there was a series of kind of like copycat incidents of Arab on Jew violence that were then shared on social media again. Now, understandably, this infuriated many of the Jewish residents of Israel and Jerusalem, and they thought it would not be tolerated, especially not in this city. And there were several protest marches that were made by several Israeli groups. And this led to uh, last Thursday night, which you might have seen, where mostly young, mostly Orthodox Jews attempted to march to the D Damascus Gate and confront the Arabs. And at the same time, the Arabs had their own emotional riots as well. Now, the police did their best last Thursday night to separate the two groups. They did this rather effectively, or we would have seen a lot more violence. But there were still incidents where Jews were beaten by the mob of Arabs, or Arabs were attacked. Uh, by some Israeli uh, security forces, well, the Israeli forces were defending themselves from Arab attack. 
Now here is where social media comes in, because on Thursday night there were some Jewish youth shouting death to Arabs, Jerusalem hours, and so on. And those chants were then shared on social media. And the response quickly increased anger among the Arabs, as, as it would. And rocket fire then resulted from not Jerusalem, anywhere near here, but the Gaza Strip into Israel. And since Thursday night, there have been 40 rockets that have been fired down into Israel. For right now, it seems like it's died down a little bit. Now, for its part, Hamas, who leads the, the Gaza Strip, said that Jerusalem is our red line, that they are willing to come to Jerusalem's aid as they would see it. Whereas Jerusalem on Friday night and last night, the police did the best to kind of keep uh, further clashes down. Last night, there was an extra 1,500 police deployed around the old city, and yet there was still violence. One issue that is taking effect is that it's still Ramadan, the Muslim holy month, and it's mostly after the fast is broken at nightfall that the groups start itching for more violence. And on Friday night, on the Temple Mount, large crowds were shouting Allah Akbar and another prominent Palestinian chant, martyrs are marching to Jerusalem in their millions. On Saturday night, another video surfaced of another Arab on Jew attack. 27-year-old Ali Rosen was walking his dog around 1 a.m. in the Shmuel Hanavi, Hanavi neighborhood, just over to my left, where he was accosted by dozens of angry Palestinians. And videos shared on social media shows Rosen being kicked, beaten with a club, hit with rocks. He runs off and a man hurls a shopping cart at him. He was so uh, hurt that he was taken to the medical center here on Mount Scopus where he retrie, uh, received treatment over the weekend. Now, slowly, there have been other videos that have trickled in showing other violent acts of, of Arabs against Jews over the past few days. So that's basically the context for what is happening in Jerusalem right now. Now, much of the reporting that you might have heard or read or seen would be similar to that of the New York Times, which had an article titled this way, Israelis and Palestinians clash around Jerusalem's old city. The violence broke out as an extremist Jewish supremacy group marched in the city chanting death to Arabs. And indeed, that headline is true, but it seeks to give equal equivalency to the violence, or at least even blame the Jews for what happened. And that's just absolutely not the case. Now, earlier this morning, Jerusalem District Commander Deron Turgeman addressed the wave of riots and the challenge it poses to the police. Into, in an interview with Gali uh, Tsahai, Turjman noted that the challenge is intensifying in light of the fact that this is the period of Ramadan. He said, quote, there is no doubt that this Ramadan is different from previous years, end quote. Well, then he continued to say, we are working to enable the prayers, but unfortunately with no connection to Ramadan, hundreds of young people are working for one goal, to create riots and clash with priests, uh, police. Later he added this, well, he ruled out the fact that there was symmetry between Arab violence and Jewish violence, saying that most of it did, in fact, most of it did, in fact, come from the Arab side. Quote, there is no symmetry. Most of the attacks carried out were carried out by Muslims. So that is what is happening over the last few days. And again, that's not going to be reported by the mainstream or the international press. Now, even the United States Embassy in Jerusalem, they released a, a statement about the violence, saying this on Thursday, quote, we are deeply concerned about the incidents of violence in Jerusalem over the last several days. We hope all responsible voices will promote an end to incitement, a return to calm, and respect for the safety and dignity of everyone in Jerusalem." End quote. Now again, this seems like an innocuous statement for both sides to calm down. But for the moment, 
that doesn't look like it's going to be happening. And you can be sure, though, that the Jewish protesters would be clamped down by the government. But we'll see what happens on the Arab street. Now, as I said at the beginning, we are living in a different era, one where the narrative can be crafted with a single video that's selectively edited and with equally biased reporting of those incidents as well. And this is a volatile mix anytime, but especially in Jerusalem, and especially when Jerusalem's Temple Mount is involved as well. There is always a danger that things are going to spiral out of control here. Seth Fransman drew attention to this in an article posted at the Jerusalem Post last night, which also was one of the top links on the Drudge Report today. It's entitled, Escalation Over Jerusalem is How Wars Start. He said this, it's important to understand that this timeline is similar to how tensions grew in 2014 and other cycles that led to tensions in Gaza and Jerusalem. The article then goes back and looks at several examples from the past decade or so when Gaza wars have started after Jerusalem vi violence. Then Fransman writes this, The recent string of events leading to greater clashes in Jerusalem and rocket fire from Gaza is part of the cycle that has led to conflicts in the past. The recent Jerusalem escalation coincided with, the, with Ramadan and TikTok videos of Orthodox Jews being attacked. Numerous arrests were made, but that didn't calm tensions. A massive far-right rally this past Thursday night then led to further tensions, including early Saturday morning rocket fire from the Gaza Strip. It's important to understand, he writes, that this timeline of events is similar to how tensions grew in 2014, as well as other cycles of violence that led to tensions in Gaza and Jerusalem. For example, he says, the 2017 installation of temporary metal detectors in the old city of Jerusalem. And then he goes back and he talks about the difference, differences between then and what's happening now. And I'll leave a link uh, for his article at the bottom of this video if you want to read. Finally, he says this, it's not clear what trajectory and shape this violence will take. The emergence of hundreds of far-right Israelis chanting anti-Arab slogans this, this past Thursday has led to a laser focus on Jerusalem, end quote. Again, so now there is a laser focus on Jerusalem for the Arabs. Uh, all through uh, the land of Israel. And what happens in Jerusalem, again, often spreads elsewhere to the rest of this land. And actually, that's the main reason why our website is called Watch Jerusalem, because the Bible prophesies repeatedly that both good things and bad things are going to spread out from Jerusalem and not just impact Israel, but eventually the whole world. A peace will eventually flow from Jerusalem. But before that time, there is going to be war that will flow from this city as well. Now, living in Jerusalem, it can be so easy to take the relative calm 99% of the time in the city for granted. But events like what's taking place right now remind us how volatile the situation can be. Now, again, remember what happened in 2017. I was here back then and reported on it. Israel set up metal detectors at the entrance to the Temple Mount to prevent weapons from being smuggled onto the Temple Mount, a holy place. And this came after border police were shot by Arabs that were storing weapons on the Temple Mount and just setting up a metal detector led to massive riots throughout Jerusalem and from the, and the Gaza as well. And back in 2000, Israeli Prime Minister Ariel Sharon visited the Temple Mount and the Palestinians' rea reaction to that should have been just a little bit of a verbal debate. Instead, their reaction was the second intifada, just from a visit to the Temple Mount by the Prime Minister. Now this, this narrative, Al-Aqsa is being taken over by the Jews, is used to motivate the Palestinians to uh, inflict violence on Jews. In the end, back in the Second Intifada, 
There were a thousand Israelis that were killed, not to mention the thousands of Palestinians who died, believing a narrative that was untrue back then as it would be untrue today. For the Palestinians, any type of security check revolving their passage to the Temple Mount, again, similar to what's been happening right now, is uh, a Jewish attempt to take over Al-Aqsa. Of course, if, Jew if the Jews wanted to take it over, they could. They would have the power to do so. Um, but th by the fact that they haven't taken it over in the past 50 years, that they've controlled both East and West Jerusalem, shows that they, they aren't interested in doing such. Now, it's always been the Palestinian goal to completely take away the control of the Temple Mount uh, from Israel. Now, because of the constant lies about Israel's attempts to block access to Muslims, Palestinian society constantly lives one benign event away from instigating holy war to protect Al-Aqsa from the Jews. In 2000, the impetus was an Israeli leader visiting the place uh, where the Jews believe the temple was. 2017, it was the Israeli metal detectors that were set up. What will it be now? now we at Watch Jerusalem have no pleasure in the loss of violence over Jerusalem. This city is like many of our others in, in so many respects. There's Arabs and Jews trying to raise their families, make a living. I'm raising three children in this city as well. Yet Jerusalem is different. It's different because of its biblical past and its prophesied present and future. Events in Jerusalem are the focus of latter-day times. And watching for prophesied events in Jerusalem is one of the ways of knowing how close the coming of the Messiah is. Now specifically, we watch Arab on Jew violence in Jerusalem because the Bible prophesies that East Jerusalem will eventually fall to the Arabs in the near future. You can read of this forecast in Watch Jerusalem Editor-in-Chief's Gerald Flory's book, Jerusalem in Prophecy. I'll leave a link for that as well uh, below this video. Now in that book, Mr. Flory also writes more specifically that the Temple Mount itself will fall fully into Arab hands. As he relates, um, this would only occur over a fight with Israel over that territory. But pointing to a prophecy in the book of Zechariah, he shows the growing turmoil over the Temple Mount will lead to that prophesied division of Jerusalem. In March 2006, he elaborated on how that would come. He says, it seems the Palestinians could get East Jerusalem minus the Temple Mount without a fight. Zechariah's prophecy implies there will be an impasse over the Temple Mount, which the Palestinians resolve by taking East Jerusalem by force. Now, many may dismiss the notion that Israel will ever lose full sovereignty over the Temple Mount in an armed uprising to the Palestinians because they're so strong. However, such a dismissal really does deny the powerful effect that defending Al-Aqsa can have on mobilizing the Palestinian masses. It's certainly worth our time right now to continue to watch Jerusalem to see what will happen with this present uprising in violence. For us at Watch Jerusalem, we expect that a perpetuation of, uh, of the narrative among the Palestinians that Israel is somehow infringing on their religious right is going to lead actually to a closer relationship between them and Iran. We're watching for Iran to increase its influence with the Palestinians. The Bible shows that the Iranians are going to end up being the leading Muslim voice in support of the Palestinians. In 1995, Mr. Flory wrote this, quote, the, the most precious jewel of Iran's plan is to conquer Jerusalem. And he stated that conquering Jerusalem also includes Iranian-backed Palestinian push to control the Temple Mount itself. Today, it's easy to see how this will happen, as many of the Arab states have peace agreements with Israel and have kind of shoved the Palestinian issue to the side, leaving the Iranians as the ones defending the Palestinian cause as they would see it. 
So watch as Iran inserts itself in more into the narrative of defending Al-Aqsa. We'll also be watching what the Biden administration's response is going to be to the violence. Already they've issued this rare statement from the Jerusalem embassy. I would be interested to find out who ordered that statement, seeing as the Biden administration is yet to appoint an ambassador uh, here in the city. And already the Biden administration is resorting to refunding the Palestinian Authority, even as they continue to indoctrinate the people, their people, to hate the Jewish state. So you can expect then that if the violence does continue, that the Biden administration will at best give equal treatment uh, to aggressor and defender, or worse, will actually blame Israel for the violence. Now, Israel will be doing its best to de-escalate the situation. It's bad PR, what's happening for Israel. And the Biden administration did already say, though, that they were going to start pressuring its allies based on human rights abuses. And it's easy to see how the left-wing narrative against Israel is going to provide justification for doing so. As we've been covering lately, whether it's their rush to enter the nuclear deal with Iran or the reinstatement of American taxpayer money to the Palestinian Authority, the fruits show that the Biden administration is no friend of Israel. The Bible also prophesies that there will be a serious break in the brotherhood between the United States and Israel in the time we're living in, and violence in Jerusalem could be a part of what leads to that breaking. For now, though, continue to watch Jerusalem. Living in this city again, there's no desire to see violence come here. However, the Bible warns us to keep on watching Jerusalem as events in this city provide the early warning of world trouble. But not just of world trouble. Also, prophecies show that Jerusalem trouble announces a time of peace that's going to become soon thereafter. Now, all of these prophecies that provide the critical hope-filled context to this current violence we're witnessing today are described in Gerald Flurry's book, Jerusalem in Prophecy. I suggest that you order a free copy of this booklet right away. That's it for today's program. If you would like to send some feedback for us at Watch Jerusalem, you can contact us by writing your emails to letters at watchjerusalem.co.il. And don't forget to check out our website during the week for the latest in biblical archaeology and also very important prophetic news from the Middle East. I'll talk to you next week.